Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Path of Revelation show. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker. And this is where the culture meets scripture. I'm your host, Gabriel Parker, and this is where the culture meets scripture. Listen, I'm super, super excited. I have a great show today for you guys. But before we get into all of that, that was the featured song for this episode. It's our song, Godly. 
It's from our latest project, The Peculiar. Listen, if you don't have The Peculiar, I know I say this every show, every show, but if you don't have our latest project, The Peculiar, make sure you grab it. it whether However you download or stream your music, just type in Path of Revelation, The Peculiar. I'm sure it'll be a blessing to you, but make sure you get that. Also, I am working on some solo music. I have a lot of music that I'm sitting on. Listen, I'm I'm super excited to share with you guys. Uh, solo music has been something that I've been putting off for years, um, but I'm sitting on a lot of content, and I'm just praying and seeking God uh, on the most effective way to release the music um, in terms of dropping singles and actually dropping a actual pro- uh, project. So just keep me in prayer on that. Also, great news, Matt and Raj just had their baby. They just had baby number three. Little Matt, um, I almost said Madeline. That's the that's the that's the second baby girl. But they just had a, a their third child, another girl, Morgan Mitchell. We are so excited to welcome her into the world. She's a beautiful little girl, man. I'm so excited for their family. So just keep them in prayer and everything, because I'm sure that they they're wrestling through the sleep <laughs> with a newborn waking up through the night and everything. And, and we're just praying for them to have. A smooth transition, but it's really excited, man. Children are a blessing uh, from the Lord. But listen, I want to hop into the topic for today. And so the topic for today is how to effectively witness, how to effectively share our, our faith as Christians. Um, recently, excuse me, recently I asked the question on Facebook, what are some challenges you have or have had when it comes to witnessing or sharing your faith. And I'm going to share some of the comments and responses that I that I received on, on social media when I asked that question. But I want to deal with how, how to effectively witness because not everybody's environment is the same. Some of us are looking for ways to effectively witness to our family. Some of us are looking for ways to effectively witness on our jobs and, and different things. And some of us just want to ha- uh, uh, find out and, and learn about more effective ways just to witness, period, and, sh- and, and be more bold uh, for the Lord. And so this is the perfect show for you. But what I want to do is I want to give you guys some resources, some resources that have really been helping me refine my approach to evangelism, that evangelism is something that I've always strived to be consistent at. You know, I grew up in a, in a Christian home and, and, and I think my parents, my, 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 my father and my mother, they did a great job, um, setting an example, um, of what it meant to be Christians and also sharing their faith. I always saw my parents sharing their faith. I I saw my dad witnessing to strangers and and different things like that. I saw my mother sharing the gospel and and inviting the kids from the neighborhood into our home and feeding them and, and, and giving them the gospel. And so it's always been something that I've been challenged um, in an area that I've been challenged in, um, in my walk with the Lord as a, as a result of the example that my parents set. But I want to share a, a, a particular clip, uh, an evangelism clip, um, of Todd Frill. Todd Frill is a minister. He is the founder of Wretched TV. Some of you guys may be familiar with him already. Um, but he's a great resource. I watch a lot of his videos, on um, he does open air preaching at a lot of college campuses, and some of us may be like, "Man, open air preaching isn't my style," or you know, that's fine. There's there's multiple ways to evangelize and share your faith, but one of the reasons why I like to watch open air preaching is because it 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 um it gives me a good sense of um, articulating. My, my points of view and, and what we believe to complete strangers. Now, in certain instances, we're going to be sharing our faith. Most of the times, most of us share our faith with people that we actually have relationships with. But if we can get comfortable um, 
learning how to share our faith with complete strangers, I believe it's that much easier to share our faith with people that we don't, that we do know. But I like to watch, um, and I'm just giving you guys some some resources right now of people that you can uh, look up on YouTube and, and, and just watch their 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 um witnessing videos or or their uh, apologetics videos on how to effectively share the gospel Todd Frill of Wretched TV is one Ray Comfort um some of you have may have heard of his Way of the Masters program um Ray Comfort um you can look him up on YouTube I believe his YouTube channel is is Living Waters Living Waters I'm not sure if it's ministry on the end of that but if you type in Ray Comfort he has some amazing videos along with Kirk Cameron uh, many of you guys are probably familiar with Kirk Cameron the actor um and you know he's a born again believer but he's partnered with Ray Comfort um, with Ray Comfort's ministry, and I believe the Ways of the Master is their collaboration thing. But man, it, great videos! Check those out on YouTube. Um, also, um, uh, I can't think of the other guy's name, but between Todd Frill of Wretched TV and Ray Comfort of um, with Living Water and Ways of the Master, great videos, great insight great um they also have a lot of resources and things that you can get to pass out for for evangelistical efforts and things of that nature but i highly recommend those guys but listen i want to share a quick clip of a ministry encounter of um that todd frill had while he was out evangelizing and in this particular clip that i'm about to play He's witnessing open air preaching. I'm not sure. It looks like he may be at an amusement park or some type of park. I'm not sure if he's at a park or a college campus, but it doesn't look like a college campus in this clip. But he's sharing the gospel and a Christian woman begins to uh, rebuke him in a sense or, or challenge him on his approach. And, and one of the reasons why I wanted to start out with this particular video is because I believe that um, a lot of times, in, especially here in America, we've been influenced by mainstream Christianity so much that we have a negative view concerning open air preaching. Now, now hear me good. There are good ways and in terrible ways. I don't I don't believe all open air preaching or all preaching is created equal. I believe there's a right way to do things and I believe there's a wrong way to do things. But I believe that the the, the mainstream Christianity has conditioned a lot of us to look down or or just straight up disagree with the open air preaching approach period. And so I want to play this video uh, or this clip, I should say, of the encounter that Todd Frill happened, uh, had with this, uh, this Christian woman. So here's the clip of, of Todd Frill, uh, open air preaching, being confronted by a Christian woman. Here's the clip right now. I don't own the rights to this clip as well. Just for a minute. What are you again? Oh, come on up, madam. You can, you can express that. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You can share your heart. Go ahead. You think that it's the wrong way to do it? I grew up in the church like no? since I was really little, and I think that what you're saying about one God and a loving God and going to heaven, I think that, that that's all probably true. But I bet that 99% of the people out here are getting so frustrated with you and so upset with you and so angry at God because of you. They're already angry at God. The Bible says they're haters of God. You're breaking my heart because I don't think that you're portraying the kind of God that people need and the kind of God that is real. What kind of God do people need? People need the kind of God who offers forgiveness and love. And I think that you're offering judgment. Is God going to judge people? Of course he is. Oh, whoa, 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 wait a but, second. But you're not. I'm not judging them. I'm asking it sure questions. Se- it sure seems like, can I just say something without you interrupting me? Mm-hmm. I 
I'm just listening to this, I'm just so near tears and my heart is beating so fast because I think that you're doing the opposite of what you're wanting to do. Hmm. And that's so just when, breaking my heart because so I, I, I think I think that you and I probably believe the same thing, but what you need to do is go out into the world and live your message and people will come to Jesus. It's not about debating with them and proving them wrong and yeah. telling them that they're bad people. Do you think they are wrong? So you're breaking you my heart. Wrong? Can I talk now? No. Can I talk now? No. Yeah. Do you think they're wrong if they don't believe in Jesus? I do. And do you think that if they die in their sins without Jesus Christ, where do you think they'll go? I think they'll go to hell. And you don't care enough to tell them now? Of course I do. Then why don't you? I do, but I do it through my life. I do it the way that Jesus did it, not the way that you did it. Jesus By didn't ever preach. Fingers. Huh? Jesus didn't ever preach. Of course he preached, but he, he, didn't, preach? he didn't debate. You're right, because they just sat and listened because he was a rabbi. Have you ever heard the Sermon on the Mount? Of course I have. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. He wasn't being friends. He wasn't living his life. He was proclaiming, you must repent. Jeremiah did it. Isaiah did it. John the Baptist did it. Jesus did it. Paul did it. Peter did it. Everybody throughout the course of history has done that because we're so concerned they're going to die tonight. Somebody from this fair might drive home tonight and die. And I don't want them to go to hell. I don't have time to be friends with everybody, but we do have time to preach to everybody. Do you preach to people and help them see their plight? I try to live just like Jesus did. I it's just not going to help them. But yes, it is. The Bible says, how will they know if nobody preaches to them? It's Romans 10. And how will somebody preach to them unless they don't get sent? My point is that you're wasting your time because 99% you know? of the and people... it's irrelevant. Who, who is so angry with him? Okay. You know what? It doesn't matter. That's pragmatism. The question is, what are we commanded to go and do? And we are go called to go and preach the gospel and of repentance. And live it. Are you saying I don't live it? No, I'm not saying that you don't live I, it. Okay, I'm I just live saying... it, and I'm here proclaiming it because these people need to hear the good news of salvation. But they won't hear the good news until they understand the bad news. It's like a doctor who would go out into the street and befriend people because he actually knows that they have cancer, but never tells them and hopes to one day lure them into the hospital. We want to go out and say, you've got a disease, you've got an illness. A doctor who never tells the patient he's sick is not a good doctor. How, many, how, how long have you been doing this? It's really irrelevant, and I'll tell no, you what else not. is irrelevant. How many people have been saved by it? That's what I'm wondering. It's irrelevant. No, the it's question not. is, what is right? So you would, if somebody was in a burning building, you would just befriend them. You wouldn't call out to them, get out, the house is on fire. You wouldn't do that for them? No, that's not what you're doing. What you're doing is saying, you're in a house that's burning down. That's exactly. what you're doing. Exactly, they are. That's all you're doing. That doesn't do any good either. Have you not heard me preach the cross? Have you not heard me talk about Jesus Christ, the kind God dying I to save people for their I, maybe sin? Maybe I haven't been here long enough, but it doesn't seem like you've gotten that far because you're all about the judgment. You're right, because these the fellow that I was talking to is self-righteous and he thinks he's a good person. I'm trying to plead with him. You're not good. See yourself the way the law shows you that you are in your true state. The law was given to hold up to people as a mirror so that they could see themselves the way God sees them. How does God see the people who are lawbreakers? He loves them. He does, but he's also angry at them. You're right. And he demonstrated his... I don't think that. The Bible says that God's wrath abides upon humankind, that we are enemies of God in our mind through wicked works. We're, and his cup of wrath is filling up drip by drip. And on the day of judgment, he's going to pour it out and people will go to hell. Don't you want to warn them now? I'm just, I'm not a fire and brimstone kind of person. I'm not either. It sounds like it. Is there fire and brimstone? And you're not kind enough to tell them about it? You're not kind enough to warn them about it? See, now you're judging me. I'm asking you a question. <laughs> sort of like you were judging me a moment ago. Okay? It's just, it's just, it's just that it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to hear this. Because this doesn't make people want to accept the gospel. This isn't... This, I don't. I just don't. Think you don't that think this is, is the gospel? It doesn't make people want to accept it, and I, I just don't think that this is the way that Jesus went about it. So that was the clip of Todd Friel preaching and being approached by a fellow Christian, rebuking him and saying he's going about it the wrong way. And listen, one of the one of the reasons why I shared this clip because I believe this clip is really reflective of the of the conflict that exists between biblical Christianity today and a compromised Christianity or watered down Christianity today 
sometimes my biggest pushback concerning my ministry and what I do is from other Christians. And it's because a lot of times many Christians feel that if we're making people feel uncomfortable, that we're going about preaching in the gospel the wrong way. If people feel uncomfortable. So what we see or what we hear in this clip, I just played. We have two Christians, one Christian who is boldly proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ to an audience of people who are unbelievers. And then you have the Christian who comes and says, hey, I believe we believe the same thing. Like, I agree with you. But I don't believe you're going about it the right way because you're making people angry. And this isn't going to make people want to come to Jesus. And so it breaks my heart. Listen, and and hear me good when I say this. We have to be careful as Christians not to judge the effectiveness of our evangelism off of the crowd's response. Or how many seats we're filling in our churches. Yes, we should demonstrate love and humility. But that doesn't mean we should be silent or that we shouldn't warn people and share the good news of Christ with them. Even if it makes them uncomfortable. The effectiveness of our message should be gauged off of, is it what's in the Bible? Is this what we see in the Bible? Is this the message that Jesus preached? Is this the message that the apostles preached? Is this what they did? And we should judge the effectiveness of our message based off of the fruit of those who name the name of the Lord. Because there are many, many churches who are packed, who are who have a packed auditorium. People come in, fill in the auditorium, and they profess to be Christians, but their lifestyle doesn't speak to Christianity. They don't live as Christians. Church is just a ritual and a, a ritual and a tradition that they've made a part of their life to make them feel like they're in good standing with God. And this is why many of our churches, I believe, are are filled with false converts. But that's a whole nother show for another day. And so we have this woman who's saying, hey, I believe you're going about this the wrong way. Because you're making people angry and this isn't going to make people want to come to Jesus. We can't we can't do what we can't base the effectiveness off of people's responses. Listen, this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16 through 28. Listen, this is so important to this whole conversation. This is Jesus talking to his disciples and speaking to us because we're his disciples. He says, behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpents and gentle as doves or innocent as doves. Verse 17, beware of men for they will deliver you over to courts. And, and flog you in their synagogues. In other words, they will persecute you and beat you in their synagogues. Verse 18. And you will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake to bear witness before them and the Gentiles. Verse 19. When they deliver you over, do not be anxious how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. Verse 20. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Verse 21. Brother will deliver brother over to death. Did you hear that? Verse 21 again. He says brother will deliver brother over to death. And the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. 
Listen, he's saying that the gospel is going to will cause conflict in your family sometimes. This is this is crazy. Verse 22. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. For the one who endures to the end will be saved. Verse 23. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly, I say to you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Verse 25, it is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master, if they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, which is a false god, how much more will they malign those of his household? In other words, how much more will they insult you? Verse 26. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed. Or hidden that will not be known. Verse 27. What I tell you in the dark. Say in the light. And what you hear whispered. Proclaim on the housetops. Verse 28. And do not fear those. Who kill the body. But cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him. Who can destroy both body and soul. Who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Listen, so in other words, we are to fear God, not men. Jesus is saying, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. For the servant is not greater than his master. And so if if everybody is loving your message, if everybody loves you, there's a good chance that you're not preaching the true gospel. If everyone loves you and everybody esteems you highly, there's a good chance that you're not really letting your light so shine before men. If the world loves you, there is a chance that you're not preaching the true gospel. Listen, Romans 8 verse 7 through 8 lets us know for the mind or the carnal mind or the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So here's the thing. What the young lady in the clip didn't understand was the people hated his message and hated what he was saying because they're in the flesh. Their, 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 their mind is set on the flesh, so their mind is hostile towards God. Their mind is hostile towards the gospel. And this is why Jesus said what he said to his disciples. He says, man, you're going to be hated. Because men, we as men are naturally God haters. That is the result of the fall. We ne- you don't have to teach us how to rebel against God. You don't have to teach us how to hate God. And the reason why many people aren't coming to Christ is because they're in denial about their hatred towards God. But listen, what the gospel is and what the gospel is not. Before I get into practical tips of sharing the gospel and and. And just giving you practical tips, I think that it is important. I think it's very important that we talk about what the gospel isn't. Because I believe that the mainstream Christianity has done a great job of distorting, watering down, and just flat out preaching a false gospel. What good is it? To know that Jesus died on the cross if we don't fully understand what Christ died for. Most people know that Jesus died on the cross. Most most people who aren't even Christians know that. But I think that we've done a good job of watering down the gospel 
and really following mainstream Christianity, we we a lot of times we assume that because uh, these big televangelists and pastors and preachers have mega churches and big followings that they must be doing something right according to the word of God. But the Bible actually says the opposite in a lot of instances that that if the world loves you and that and if everybody agrees with your message, there's something wrong. Are, have they figured something out that Jesus didn't figure out? No, the servant is not greater than his master. But listen, so many preachers are preaching a prosperity gospel, which isn't the gospel at all. And they're teaching many of us that Jesus died for us to be rich. Jesus died for you to be a millionaire. Jesus died for you to have the nicest car, the nicest clothes and the nicest job. Jesus died for you to be happy and for all of your dreams to come true. And there is no denying denying self. There is no denying. um, There is no dying to self. Your it, it is about your will. And it's not about the will of God being glorified in and manifested in your life. But the prosperity gospel tells you that Jesus died so that all of your dreams can come true. And so that you can push all of your dreams on God and assert your will over his will in the name of Jesus. It literally doesn't make any sense. Motivational speakers using scripture in using God's name, but ultimately making the sermon about you. Preaching from the Bible, but manipulating the text to manipulate you. I don't know about y'all, but I want fruit that remains. I want to hear well done, my good and faithful servant. I don't want to win in the eyes of men but be losing in the eyes of God. So listen, the gospel, it's important that we understand the gospel isn't self-help. The gospel is we can't help ourselves. Therefore, we need a savior. Jesus told the rich young ruler that there is none righteous but God. There are none good but God. And so because God's standard of goodness is perfection, that means that we all fall short. And so there is no such thing as a good person in God's eyes for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Listen, I'm here to tell you a gospel that avoids or waters down sin is a false gospel. I'm going to say that again, a gospel That avoids or waters down sin is a false gospel. When we downplay sin, we downplay what was actually accomplished on the cross of Christ. There's a reality that we have to come to. And this is all a part of sharing your faith. There's a reality that we have to come to that Christ didn't die for good people. He died for bad people. If you believe that Jesus died for you, it's because you were bad. And so, just like Jesus told the rich young ruler, there's none righteous, there's a reality that we have to understand is, is, that, is that, that we are not good people with the ability to do evil. But we are bad people with the ability to do good. Jesus said, if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more the father in heaven who is good knows how to give good gifts. And so we have to see our 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 condition. In our our in, in our in our in our sin state, the way God sees it, not the way the world tells us to see ourselves. And so Paul is talking to Timothy in first Timothy chapter one, first Timothy chapter one, verse eight through 15. 
and, and here's a good example of evangelism here. Even though he's talking to his son in the gospel, I want to point out a few things that Paul is talking about in here and, and what he does and what I found effective in, in, in evangelizing to people. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8 through 15, Paul says, Now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. Verse 8, understanding this, that the law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who strike their fathers and mothers, for murderers, the sexual immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. In other words, listen, people need to know that they are sinners. People need to know that they have offended a holy God. Because if that is not laid out for people, why do I need a savior if I, if, if, if I, if I, what do I need to be saved from? If I'm not telling, willing to tell people that they're in sin or that they're sinners, that we're all sinners in need of a savior. But verse 11, he says, in accordance with the gospel of the glory of the blessed God with which I have been entrusted. I thank him. Now he goes into testimony mode. I thank him who has given me strength. Christ Jesus, our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. He said, thank God. Thank God that God chose me and that he's, he, he, he chose to use me. Verse 13, though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, an insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. Verse 14, and the grace of our Lord overflowed me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Or in other words, I am foremost. I am the chief sinner is what he's saying. Listen, what we see Paul doing here now is he, he's going through the law. The law of God or the law of Christ. And he's saying this is why we need the gospel. And, 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 and I I'm going through the law of Christ and and, and, and those who are sinners but I'm also, I also was a sinner myself and, and not just a sinner, but I was chief sinner. But the Lord saved me. What Paul is doing is he's sharing his testimony. Your testimony is meant to encourage the church and your testimony is meant to uh, share the gospel with people who don't know Christ. And so what am I saying? The first, the first uh, nugget, I'll give you the most practical way to share your faith is to share your testimony. Share your testimony. They overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words of our testimony. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the words word of our testimony. Share your testimony. How did the Lord save you? What did the Lord save you from? Some of us, the Lord saved us from pornography. We were addicted to lust. We were we were fornicators. We were liars. We were murderers. We were thieves. We were idolaters. But the Lord saw fit to save us out of our sin. And we saw the need for a savior. And we trusted in Jesus. And when we trusted in Jesus, he 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 began to that he gave us his spirit and he began to give us a new heart. He gave us a new heart with new desires, new motives, a new identity. And so we have to let people know um, that we don't come to Christ for life to become better. For, for Listen, you don't. 
here's the reality. If 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 Christ was the mean, the purpose of the gospel was self-help, you wouldn't need to become a Christian. I could become a Muslim and become a better person, according to the world standards. I could I could become a Buddhist and become a better person, according to the world standards. I could become a Muslim and become a better person, according to the world standards. We don't come to 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 Christ. To become more moral, uh, to, to strengthen our moral goodness. We come to Christ because we need righteousness. Because our righteousness, as the Bible says, is filthy rags. Even on our best day, we're still guilty and, 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 and unworthy before a holy God. And so we come to Christ for righteousness. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and have given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Listen, if you are a Christian, you have been given the, the ministry of reconciliation. What does re reconciliation mean? It means to be brought back in right standing. It's to be redone. That's why you see revival, a repeat. It's a do, it's a do over. It's simple because we were all in Adam. When Adam fell, we fell. And so Jesus comes on the scene as the second Adam and he undoes what the first Adam did. In Adam, we die in Christ, we live. And so we step out of Adam and we put on Jesus. And so because we've been reconciled back to God. We have been given the ministry of reconciliation, so we share. And so the best way to share the gospel is to share your testimony. Share your testimony. Share your testimony. Listen, I. One of the things that I've been I've been striving to do in, in my in my personal. Um, walk in, in, in my personal stance for the Lord is I've been working on stepping out of my comfort zone. And sharing my faith with 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 people, you know, in the workplace. And one of the the questions that I asked on on Facebook was, "What are some challenges you have or have had when it comes to witnessing or sharing your faith?" And one of the responses was from one of my Facebook friends, Drew Young. He said, "Boldness." Boldness. Listen, let's just be honest. Sometimes most times we don't share our faith because we are ashamed or we are afraid to make people un uncomfortable or we're afraid that we're going to offend people. We're afraid that our friendships may be ruined. Our relationships may be ruined. And so. Many times we lack boldness. And for me, what I found has helped me in, in, in becoming more bold is being more consistent in prayer, being more consistent in the word. And surrounding myself with strong and solid believers. Because the more I, I realize the, the, the treasure that I have hidden in this earthen vessel the more I want to share it with other people. When we realize what we actually have in Christ Jesus, we'll be compelled to share this good news with other people. And we'll be willing to put our reputation on the line for it and have the testimony, man, that I'd rather please God then please men. And so Paul says, I'm in Romans 1, 16, meditating on his word. I am unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the scripture that I 
that I rehearse in my mind all the time. Because the Bible says when you meditate on the word day and night, you'll be like a tree that's planted by a body of water. You'll be strong. There's like we have to get back to meditating on the word. We have to get back into praying. A lot of times what I find is we we lack in prayer because we lack in faith. And we lack in faith because we lack in word, because faith cometh by hearing the word. By hearing the word of God. And so, man, we have to get back to praying without ceasing, as the word says, meditating on the word day and night. Find some scripture and meditate on it day and night. Make it your practice. To give God time. And so, what I've learned to do, what I've been practicing doing is just being, is being more outgoing about my faith. Um, one of the things, I'll share a story that um, recently I shared the gospel with one of my, one of the um, co-workers at my job or one of the guys at my job. And. I was really convicted because I'm like, man, I've known this guy for years, but I've never shared my faith with him. And so I just asked him, I was like, hey, you know, because we talk about we talk every day. But I asked him, I was like one of my intros. See, I'm a sales guy. You know, I I come up and in sales. You have what you call an intro, an intro, a really effective intro does not feel like a sales pitch. And so my intro and what what has been working for me is I just simply ask him, hey, I never asked you this, but what are your thoughts on God? What do you believe about God? And then I just be quiet and you find out what they believe about God or I have a Christian background or I'm an atheist or or this. And what happens is as you genuinely listen to people and show that you care what they think. It gives you an opportunity or usually gives you an opportunity to share your testimony. Well, you know what? I'm a Christian, man. The Lord, you know, the Lord saved me. And, you know, I'm just curious because I was in sin and this is my story. And you share your testimony. um, One of the things that I've been practicing doing is using the way of the master approach that Ray Comfort um demonstrates in in his videos i would highly recommend you to check it out um but i've been using that approach and that has worked very well you know and i ask people do they think they're a good person hey how do you feel like you you do when it comes to the ten commandments and then i explain the 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 nature of god and his and not and how he is perfection and how he's holy and how he's a just God and how he he's going to punish sin. But he's also rich in mercy and he provided a savior because he knows he knows that we all fail short. That's why the Bible says yet while we were in sin, Christ died for our sins. Yet while we were in sin, Christ died for us. So so sharing your testimony, but. And so here was another response. I asked the question, what are some challenges you have or have had when it comes to witnessing your faith? Franco Guzman, one of my other Facebook friends, said, to be honest, brother, rejection. Though the word says they are not rejecting us, but Jesus, rejection is just something I've always had a difficult time encountering and accepting. And listen, I appreciate these responses because they're honest. I don't I don't think none of us. um, I don't think there's a human being that enjoys rejection like we all want to be accepted. We all want to be feel loved and, and, and be received. And so rejection can be a hard thing. But like I said to to Drew's um, Drew Young's response, man, what I'm learning is, man, Sometimes the best way to get over rejection is do it anyway. If you're fearful, pray for strength, pray for boldness and do it anyway. Ask God to give you opportunities and give you wisdom and do it anyway. 
Because here's the thing, as Christians, what we're doing when we're being consistent in prayer and reading our word and and fasting and fellowshipping with solid believers, when we're being consistent in those things, what it's doing is it's teaching us discipline. Is teaching us how to deny ourselves, how to deny our flesh, and, and, and is teaching us how to walk by faith, not by sight, how to walk by faith, not our emotions, how to walk by faith, not how we feel. That's why in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus prayed, he the Bible the, the Garden of Gethsemane is so important because Jesus, the Bible lets us know that he was in great agony to the point that he began to sweat blood. And, and but the Bible lets us know that he he had been praying and fasting for 40 days and 40. He, he was praying and seeking the face of God. And the Bible lets us know that the angel of the Lord came and strengthened him. And he was able and then we see Jesus pray, you know what, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. In other words, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like going through this. I don't feel like stepping out of my comfort zone. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so when we're consistent in these other areas, despite how we feel, we'll do it anyway because we disciplined ourselves in the spirit. Gregory Richardson had a good point. He says, nowadays... Nowadays, he says, having to deal with risk of applying the Bible unadulterated in the marketplace, business workplace, very easy to put livelihood at risk today. If you even casually mention that something is sin. And so this kind of brings me to how to share in your workplace, you know, because that's a great point that Gregory just made. Um, also my, my friend Jen, she, she had a good, uh, she asked me Gabe, you know, and this is kind of while I'm doing this, doing this particular show it's because of a message. She, she sent me a couple of messages saying, Gabe, could you please talk about evangelism in the workplace? And, and she had mentioned how, you know, she always tries to share her faith at every job she's worked. And her mom said, you have to be careful. It's not the smart thing because you could lose your job. And here's the thing that I would say. Not every job is the same. Many of us as Christians, we do have to use wisdom. I wouldn't recommend you to put your job on the line and say, hey, I'm being bold for, for Jesus. And you going through you, you working at um, you working at KFC. Or you working at uh, <laughs> AT and T in a in an office environment, and you walking around to everybody saying, "Hey, are, do you know Jesus? You going to hell if you don't." No, I, no, that's that's not wisdom. And then if you get fired, if you get fired, you like, "Oh, I'm being persecuted for my faith." No, you just not using wisdom. You being dumb. <laughs> no, we have to use wisdom. Listen, like if you're if you're hired to do a job, you're hired to do that job. Now, if the opportunity presents itself for you to share your faith without risking you losing your job, go for it by any means necessary. Go for it. But not every job is conducive for you to actually share your faith. I know some of us have um, more laid back work environments than others. You know what I'm saying? Like, for example, on my job, I'm self-employed. I, you know, I, I, I pick and I, 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 I try to use wisdom on who I actually engage um, in these type of conversations. And and listen, the be- the best way uh, sometimes if you're not able to share your your faith freely at your job, glorify God in your work ethic. Glorify God in how you treat your co-workers. Glorify God in, in doing what you do in excellence. Strive to be the best that you can be. Treat people kind. Demonstrate the fruit of the spirit. Demonstrate patience, long suffering, gentleness. Demonstrate all of these things. 
and people will see a difference about you. They will. But use wisdom. And and I can't stress that, like be led by the Holy Spirit, because you don't want to you don't want to become self-righteous in yourself and cause yourself to lose your job. Sometimes you you'll open up doors. I've seen instances where people might not necessarily witness on their job, but because they built such strong relationships with someone on the job or with people on the job, they hang out outside of the job and they end up witnessing to them outside of the job or inviting them to church outside of the job. We have to be the Bible says Um, Be wise as serpents, gentle as doves. So we have to use wisdom. We have to use wisdom. I I can't stress that enough. And, and and, And no, you don't have to feel like you're compromising if you're not preaching a sermon at your job. But that doesn't mean you hide your faith either. You know, I know some people who read their Bible on their lunch break or, you know, if that, you know, you fill it out, you know what I'm saying? Use wisdom. I'm, I'm, I know I'm stressing use wisdom, but please use wisdom because I don't want to cause anybody to lose their job. But, you know, some of us have more loose work environments, too, where some of everything is being talked about and, and there's really no restrictions. You, ha- you know, some of us work at plants, you know, I know here in, in Detroit. The plant culture is crazy. People, all types of stuff is being talked about in the plant and and everything. And so you have a little bit more freedom to share with people or, or, or talk with people even while you're at work. But you have to use wisdom because the enemy will try to use people and, and things of that nature. But just use wisdom. Let's use wisdom. But listen, I, hopefully that helps, you know, that helps you guys, um, I'm all for practical ways of sharing our faith. Um, but at the end of the day, what what I've been doing, and I'm just saying what I've been do, what's been working for me, because I'm a systems type guy. I believe in the being led by the Holy Spirit, but I also believe in rehearsing um, the word of God. Like uh first uh first Peter chapter three verse fifteen talks about um, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord, as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So we should be ready to defend our faith. And so a lot of times as I'm, I, I actually have defenses that I've, I've practiced and, and worked on and meditated on. You know, in sales, we call them scripts. <laughs> You know, I'm a script guy sometimes, you know, I I, I want to know how to respond to certain things because people's lives are at stake. People's souls are at stake. And so I do think we do have to have an urgency about sharing our faith. I think the, the mainstream Christianity has done a very good job of stripping us of our urgency because the, the false gospel that has been pre- being preached threatens people's pocketbooks and not their soul. <laughs> the gospel is for the salvation of our souls, the salvation of our bodies, the salvation of our life. Listen, the gospel, when, 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 when we come to the realization in Scripture, and I'm going to say this and I'm done. When we come to the realization in Scripture that hell is real, that hell is real, and that people are going to hell if they don't know Christ. If we truly love people, we will be proactive in looking for ways to share our faith with people. Point blank period. And so my prayer for the church and for you guys that's listening, you wouldn't be listening to this show if you didn't have an urgency to share the gospel. My prayer is that we as the church as a whole get an urgency to preach the gospel, that we want to see people saved, that we want to see people come into the knowledge of the truth. And my prayer is that we're not distracted, that we're not 
tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, that we don't have itching ears, but that we attend our ear to what the Spirit is saying to the church. That we have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's my prayer. And so listen, I pray that this show has been helpful. I pray that you guys got something out of it. If you have any questions or 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 you feel like, hey, Gabe, I would like you to hear you expound a little bit more on this. Just inbox me or go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Go to pathofrevelationnow.com. Leave a message or, or just inbox me. You know, I'll respond to either one and we can chop it up because I really want to help people out with this. I know this. This topic is so much in this topic, and so I pray that that you guys got something good out of this. But listen, I want to hear from you guys. If you have any prayer requests, make sure you go to pathofrevelationnow.com. I love you guys, and this is where the culture meets scripture.